0: all right welcome back to the servants of grace podcast and to our theology segment on today's episode a listener writes in and they have a they have a great question and the question is how do we know Jesus is God and one of the reasons that this is important is in the state of theology what we've seen uh, that was re- released last year is is one of the things that people, didn't believe or most Christians were not convinced of shockingly is that Jesus is fully God and the other reason that this po- question is important as we head into you know the the, the time of year where we celebrate the resurrection uh, it's important that we talk about the deity of Jesus now the gospel of John differs in many ways, chief among them, the beginning of the gospel and John's account of Jesus. And like the other gospel writers, John wants us to understand that Jesus is God in the flesh, the only God who became truly man. Matthew and Luke approach this by explaining the virgin birth. But John's prologue gives a theological reason, an explanation of Jesus coming into the world, beginning with his eternal origin before the creation of all things. And so John starts his gospel in chapter 1 with, in the beginning was with the word. And this mirrors the way in which the Old Testament begins in Genesis one one which says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And so John places Jesus where we expect, in the beginning. And the subject of the gospel, the man Jesus, who lived and died and rose again, is identified thus as God. But John 1.1 teaches us more than this. It teaches us Jesus' deity in three aspects, beginning with his eternal being. In the beginning was the word. And so when creation, we can say, was made, Jesus here, designated as the word, already was existed. And this was an important statement in the early church's fight uh, against the earliest heretics until the 3rd century A.D. Consider Arius, whose heresy articulated ideas that began percolating during John's life and prompted the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D. Arius maintained that that Jesus, though certainly godlike in many ways, was nonetheless not God. In fact, he argued, Arius did, that Jesus was a created being, however glorious and however close to God he was. But John tells us instead that when time and creation began, Jesus already was. Leon Morris, a Bible scholar, says the Word existed before all creation, which makes it clear that the Word was not created. The Word is not to be included in created things. And so since the Word already was in the beginning, then he either must have been with God or he must have been God. And what John does is he teaches us both points of view here when he says the Word was with God. This tells us that the, the word is a person who has a relationship with God. In the creation account of Genesis 1, we read about, and God said nine times, it was by God's word that he brought creation into being. And so now John tells us that this word is a person who was with God. And this statement sheds light on Genesis one twenty six, which says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image. See, God was speaking to the word. And then John clarifies in John 1, 2 through 2-3. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And so the word is God's executor in creation, the agent who accomplishes the will of God. And, and God said in Genesis 1-3, Let there be light, and the word made light. All throughout the Bible, it is God's word that does God's will. Psalm 33, 6 explains this when it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And Psalm one hundred seven twenty says, He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And so the word who made creation also brings God's salvation. And so with this in mind, John wants us to understand not only the eternity of the word, but also the personhood of the word. The Word is a person, the companion of God Himself, and this warns us against another perennial heresy, namely that which denies the distinct personhood of the various members of the Trinity. The Doctrine of the the Trinity states in the Westminster Confession of Faith 2.3, In the unity of the Godhead, there are three persons, Father, Son, and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so it's hard for us to understand how there can be only one God, but three distinct persons in that God. But such verses, such as the one in John 1, cause us to believe this. And when John speaks of the word, he means God the Son, Jesus Christ, who eternally lives in relationship with and does the will of God the Father. And some people would deny that there are distinct persons instead seeing the Father and the Son as different modes of the one undifferentiated God. But while one person can be by himself, he is never with himself. And what John is insisting in John 1, that the Word is a distinct person, the Word was with God. And so in John 1 1, it makes a straightforward statement that the Word is not only a companion to God, but is Himself divine. And this is so important to understand because in recent days, secular voices, as diverse as conspiracy theory novelist Dan Brown in his bestseller, The Da Vinci Code, and liberal theologian Bart Ehrman assert that Christians never considered Jesus to be God until the council of Nicaea in the 4th century. But here, what we see in clear language, the apostle John very clearly states, and the word was God. And he repeats this claim in John one eighteen, saying that the one who is at the Father's side is himself the only God. And likewise, at the gospel's end, when the Resurrected Jesus appears to Doubting Thomas. The disciple falls before him and cries out in John 20, 28, My Lord and my God. That is the Christian's confession. John wants us to know from the beginning of the gospel that Jesus Christ, the Word, is God. And because it states uh, the the deity of Christ so plainly, John 1, 1 has long come under attack. Beginning with Arius, his argument is used today by Jehovah's Witnesses that John does not teach that Jesus is God, but rather Jesus is a godlike creature. He is divine according to them, but he's not deity Jesus is. And this is based on the the the, the fact that in this final phrase in verse one of John one, John places a definitive article the before word, but not before God. And yet, Jehovah's Witnesses argue, John says, that the word was a God, but not the God. That's what Jehovah's Witnesses want us to believe. But we need to understand and we need to respond to this, because first it's clear throughout the Gospel of John, that John intends us to identify Jesus as God. Our teaching of the deity of Christ does not depend on John one one, And what John says elsewhere clarifies his teaching elsewhere, for instance, the indisputable assertion of deity in John 1:18, which describes Jesus as the only God who was at the Father's side. And second, if John meant that Jesus was divine but not a deity, there, there was a perfectly good Greek word Theos that he did not use. The word he did use is Theos. it means God and not Godlike. And third, while the Arian and the Jehovah's Witness argument might convince novices in the Greek, the Greek grammar does not demand a definitive article for both of the nouns when they are joined in this way. And so it's common for one Greek definitive article to serve for both nouns, and so the grammatical argument is simply wrong. Fourth, there is an obvious reason for John's construction here. His point is to identify the word both as God, meaning God the Father, and also as distinct from God. And so if he had written the word was was the God, that would be identifying Jesus with God in a way that would render them indistinguishable. So his point is to clearly specify the deity of Christ while also distinguishing Jesus from God the Father. Martin Luther said this, There, This text is a strong and valid attestation, he says, of the divinity of Jesus Christ. Everything depends on this doctrine. It serves to maintain and support all other doctrines of our Christian faith, and therefore the, the devil assailed it very early in the history of Christendom, and he continues to do so in our day. John, in his gospel, he wants us to realize Christ's deity and the relationship to God the Father, insisting on Jesus' divine Sonship for our salvation. You see, Jesus is God the Executor, doing the will of his Father God the Ordainer within the perfect harmony of the Trinity. And A.W. Pink nicely wraps up our discussion when he says, The one who was heralded by the angels to the Bethlehem shepherds who walked this earth for 33 years, who was crucified at Calvary, and who rose in triumph from the grave, and who for 40 days later departed from these scenes, was none other than the Lord of glory. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.